and welcome to the More Than Muscle podcast. Uh, first one on the road. I'm excited. Uh, so yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if the acoustics sound different, but let's touch wood. We sound great. Uh, we're in the, uh, we're, what, would you, what would you call this? Studio Classy Craig's Boxing Gym, yeah. That's the one. Classy the Craig's Boxing Gym. Official titles, there we go. Yeah, I like it, it's awesome. Yeah. It's built, it's almost there, gym. almost finished, took its time. Bosh. My, my dad takes ah. his time with everything, but. Slash podcast studio, I suppose yeah, now. That's as it, well. it's a podcast studio. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. it's multi-purpose, yeah, we're killing it. <laughs> <laughs> we're joined by Alfie, uh, the main man, the boxer himself, the champion. A six, six and oh, is it six and oh? Yeah, six and oh, but it's five wins, one draw. Okay, um, coming up. Take the, take the draw on the chin. Yeah, it's a win anyway. But exactly, it counts, it yeah. counts. There we go, exactly. Yeah, you've got a rematch plan. Yeah, so later down the line, we're aiming for like the English title, I guess, if he if he goes on to do anything. Yeah. Don't know if he will. He's a, uh, yeah, not going to be great. How does a draw make you feel? I come from playing basketball and you can't draw in that. You keep yeah, playing yeah. overtime until you, till you, yeah, nah, you get it done. It's, um, it is what it is. I took it on the chin. Yeah. Um, Watched the fight back and thought I could have done more, but I won. Um, I won the I won the fight anyway. Everyone said that I won the fight. People that don't like me commented and said, "Listen, you won the fight, but you just got to take it in the chin." Takes yeah. me gives me time to go back and reflect on things and and see what went wrong. Um, yeah. Which which Andy set up a few things as well. Um, gave me a few ideas to look back on, and yeah, so we've got better insight for the future and the bigger fights. So it's good. Mm. That's, ex- that's exciting, man. That's exciting. I suppose if we're looking at psyche when it comes to fights as well, um, when it comes to being, you've not been defeated. No one's beaten you yet. Yeah. So does that change how you approach every fight? Yeah. So I, I've got to, I've got to keep a positive mindset. I've always push on. I've got to work hard just because I'm unbeaten. Don't mean I should, I should stop working hard. Yeah. Um, the draws sort of give me that that extra push as well because, mm. like I said, things could have gone a lot better. Mm. Um, but I just take it on. as an amateur, I had a 50-50 record, so I'm used to I'm used to I've had crap decisions, I've had yeah. tough fights, I've had hard fights, and that's prepped me to to get where I am today. Um mm. so it's just it's just going as we go. Do you think it's like a little bit like because I'm reminded of the sort of Mayweather McGregor sort of situation when you have an untouched record, yeah. do you find yourself getting nervous and then maybe you take want to take less risks as you sort of like build that even more and more I- you're 20 and over? 50 and that. Yeah, I feel like, listen, I'm in a uh, hard division as it is. There's not many yeah. people who don't make them my size, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, I'm tiny. Um, smallest, the smallest weight division there is in boxing apart from mm. minimum weight. Um, so, yeah, just got to, just got to fight, fight whoever's there mm. um, because you ain't got many much options to be able to build your record up. Like in middleweight or all these bigger weights, you've got, you've got hundreds of boxers. You've got hundreds of boxers just in England. Um, mm. in, in flyweight, the way I'm in, I think there's 14 boxers in England. Mm. So, it's a harder weight division. There's not yeah. many, and the people that are there boxing are all good level. Um, so you, you got to work. You got to do. Got to put the extra effort in. What motivates you to stay in flyweight? I'm naturally this weight, so yeah. I don't go yeah. up weight. I always go to like 52, 53 kilos maximum. Um, yeah. I never go shoot up. When I get to 27, 28, then I'll probably go up weight. Um, but for now, I'm just uncomfortable here. Yeah, yeah. While, while you're still quick, so you want to you want to use it. Suits your skill set as well, doesn't it? Like you're a very skillful boxer. Yeah. And the heavier yeah. they get, it's like brutes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you're taking lumps out of each other. So I like moving, like dancing. And I think I'm quite big for the weight. Um, I'm quite I'm quite tall for the weight. I'm quite big for the weight. Um, so yeah, I like this weight. Nice Comfortable. Nice, man. Obviously, taking it from his trainer's perspective then, Andy, mm. talk, us, talk us through the sort of approach you've had when you started training. Yeah, I think like, not just Alfie, training boxers in the past, you know, the sport is quite old school. It's like go hard or go home. And there wasn't much data behind it. So I think the thing that we try to do is pull our fitness data away from the sport because we know that your boxing coaches are going to do what they do so that we can have an understanding of where you're at and where you need to be. 
with regards to the people that are higher than you in the professional game and then we can try and bridge the gap so that's that's one thing and then the other thing that we try to do is like basically separate three elements of your sport which is basically physical which we can prep you for mental which obviously we learned so much from the experience of the last fight and then tactical which not just tactical in the ring but like the things that you do leading up because obviously Matt you speak about things like you know getting nervous and managing your arousal level all of that is not just mental there's tactical stuff that you have to do to manage that so I think we've tried to separate those three 100% and then we'll see how we move forward with that yeah yeah 100% like Andy said as well with the last fight um just things before the fight there could have been a lot of things that went better in that prep but I guess what I'm comfortable I thought I told her five five times out of my six fights so I'm comfortable there I'm just it was just another day in the office for me, but mm. it should have been, all right, this is, my, this is my step up. I should have just took a little bit longer to prep rather than the time that I did have. Mm. Usually, I do I do the prep within like 40 minutes, but I should have took an extra hour. I should have, I should have started mm. doing it an extra hour before, started doing the stuff that we'd been working on before the pads, before rushing into it because it was sort of just leave it to the last minute, do our stuff and I had to rush your stuff and then do my pads, which I usually do. So it just threw us, threw us all off. Um, one of the hard things at the level that you're at it's like that crossover period where it starts getting really serious. It's like the commercial side of things is really important for you because obviously that's how you sell your tickets, that's how you get the fame, that's how you get your life profile going. Whereas, you know, at that elite level, that stuff gets sorted. 100%. And it's like being able to disconnect yourself from that commercial side so you can actually focus on this. It's the most important yeah. thing. It's a hard thing. And you get that a lot with like many sports where it's like, I'm sure you've seen it in basketball, yeah. where you're trying to make that transition to a high level. And you've got to do both sides of the coin. Yeah, you've got to right. see, see yourself as marketable and, and push that. I mean, not even necessarily in sports. Look at personal trainers. I think the guys that are on social media every single day posting all these all these tips, all these videos and stuff, you're really, really grafting in this area. But my question is, are you grafting in terms of educating yourself, elevating yourself as a coach, or are you elevating your appearance as a coach? And I think that there comes a difference and you know, one can take a backseat. It can be hard to manage, like like I've got to do, I've got to run this, like I said, I do my one-to-ones and everything here now. So I do all my training and stuff here and then I've got to train myself. I've got to manage the strength condition, I've got to manage my runs, I've got to manage everything. So, and then my social media, trying to keep everyone in the loop of when I'm next fighting, what's going on, keep my sponsors happy. Yeah. It can be a lot. So it's just about managing the time and, and doing the things on the right day. Um, it's all time management, isn't it? To, to get there but we learn, I'm learning as I go do you know what I mean I started had my first pro fight in what was it 2022 I think um, just over a year ago now so do you know what I mean Channel 4 I think was it Channel 4 Channel 5 was my second Channel one five. yeah Talworth was my first one against Aleando Torres um, second one was, was Channel 5 that was a big a big show so that was good so it's just it's just learning as I go because I had I had six years out from boxing not being an amateur scene not having any fights to coming straight back in and then getting on these on these big stages and stuff and doing and doing what I do best but yeah such learning as I go. Um, but like I said, we could have managed it a bit better last time, but we've learned that now. Um, and I'm going to, yeah, just take a side step from that, yeah. a week out from fight night and leave the leave the social media and the, yeah. selling the tickets and the, the hard bit to, to my family and stuff, which is which is a bit better. Um, yeah. It takes stress off my shoulders. Yes, it's, it's true. It reminds me of that Michael Jordan quote, it's uh, I fail and fail and fail and that's why I succeed and stuff. So I suppose, you know, you're always, you're always going to learn from stuff like that. 100%. How do you block out stuff that comes into your mind from like external factors when you're going into a fight or prepping for a fight? You know, you're talking about pressures from sponsors. Obviously, you're connected with your family quite a lot as well. They're all sort of like in, in your corner as well. Yeah, so my family, my mum, my sister and I, they, they help me a lot on like with my sponsor side of it, doing mm. the, they help me do a bit of social media and stuff, sharing and stuff if I haven't been sharing. Um, and yeah, like I, I think up to the fight, I'm always sharing 
posting posts anyway so I'm always tagging the sponsors I'm wearing, <clears throat> wearing my team flag t-shirts and stuff which mm. all got my sponsors on it anyway so I'm always trying to do the maximum I can for the sponsorship um, so that's just a side of it that, that comes with it because they're helping to fund my career um, yep. they're helping to support this journey and, and make my dream possible so that's what that's what does it um, but obviously like I said it's about managing it and then when it gets to fight week also like the PTs is when I'm doing this like I knew I was cutting it out three days before fight, but I'm going to take eight, nine days off before my fight and cut no PTs because that still takes a, even if it's 2%, it's taking your mind 2% off off your fight, putting it into into my one-to-ones and stuff. Yeah. When that, them eight, nine days before, I should just be fully getting in the zone now. It's, it's, it's almost mm-hmm. fight time, do you know? Um, and I think that's a side of it as well. Um, but I've learned, like I said, I'm learning as I go. So I've learned that a lot alongside of it now. Um, it's tiring, you know what I mean? You know yourself, you're doing the PTs and that can be tiring. Mm-hmm. Then you've got to go do something else. So I was doing the PTs and then three days before my fight, I'm like, now, oh, now I'm in fight mode, but I'm only three days out now. So it's a long time to get your brain mm-hmm. into that. That precise, like, is that enough time, really? I should be taking eight, nine days off before and forgetting the PTs, forgetting everyone else and just focusing on myself. Um, although I'm not doing that much training because it's mm-hmm. it's the taper down, it's mentally, mentally prepped. It's, um, it's mad, it's like, Nat competed, what, how many weeks ago now that you competed? Four, four. four weeks ago. Yeah, three, four weeks ago. And like, this is what, your second comp, so it's still relatively new, but the difference between comp one and comp two, because in my opinion, comp one was a bigger comp. But yeah. what happened in Nat's mind is her expectation level went up. Okay. Because now you, you know, well, that was the comp that I just did. Now, like, this is what I want to achieve. And it's like disconnecting that expectation that you have on yourself versus what you actually have to do to achieve it. And then if you just focus on what the outcome looks like, you're gonna have problems. You have to have a look at like what you need to do. 100%. And I think that's just experience bank. So it's another fight in the experience bank, experience. another comp in the experience yeah. bank. You know how to deal with these It's things. such like a mindset change. The further you go into it, like Max was saying, as you as you grow more in your fights, you get like worried even more about like not holding your title. Um, and that's definitely what, I, like I didn't gain a title or anything in my first weightlifting comp, but I didn't have anything to compare it to. Then the next time you do, the next time you do the comp, um, you have like such a big expectation in your head because you've done all this training and what you're going to go for. And when it doesn't happen, you're like, Oh. You, you freeze yeah yeah 100% yeah. I get that 100% yeah. like I feel like when I because I boxed Alejandro twice so I boxed him my first fight and like he didn't land a punch on me so I've got into oh, so, I, then, so he didn't land a punch on me then I had him I had my first fight and then I think I've boxed him on my fifth fight yeah. no, my fourth fight again in my fifth or fourth um, so I boxed him again uh, I had a rematch of him and I went into it with just like just breezing it pretty much mm. in my first fight I was super nervous I was, yeah. I was scared I was mm. nervous I was mentally prepping myself and I went into it scared and I'd done the best I've ever boxed you know I went into it and I went into it like so physically switched on the second fight I was just laughing joking around before I was like listen I beat him I beat him with ease the first time and I like beat him with ease again I felt worse in myself because I got caught with a couple more shots or I I didn't do what I did on the first fight and you're trying to compare it like oh no I've done this last but so I switched my brain off and didn't stay focused on the goal is get the win is yeah, focus yeah. on focus on that outcome not who it is what it is or how you're gonna do it? Just, just get it's on with it. Yeah, all the time that happened before. Like, yeah, fine margin of like arousal versus like fear. Yeah, because you kind of need it, and if you're too relaxed, you just yeah. don't perform. It's like oh, I've got this, and then you get one. <coughs> That's it, hundred percent. So it's hundred percent. You know how to prep yourself. You know how to fill the environment. Um, it's hard because I guess you need to be confident, and like there's lots of people there 
who like sponsors but also people who are there who've bought tickets mm-hmm. to to come and see you so you've got to be confident you've got to <laughs> yeah, back yourself yeah, but at the same time you've got to be like switched on as well switched on yeah no so i think confidence you can breeze it and you can you gotta i think you gotta like you see a lot of people who um you gotta you gotta preach it, haven't you your skills and your beliefs you gotta put it into into demonstration you gotta talk it every day if you want to do especially in boxing if you want to mm-hmm. do anything in boxing you gotta believe you're the best and that's as simple it is but that doesn't mean neglecting what the other person's coming to do is to yeah, beat you yeah, yeah. and when you can neglect that that's when things go wrong when you when you underestimate the opposition or you underestimate the outcome you think oh i've got this in the bag that's all right then that's when when things can go wrong i think 100 percent. you've got to be picky with who you go up against i suppose as well at the stage you're at because i've been guilty of doing it in periods during my off season stuff you play down to your competition and if you're not picky about who you go up against and you get lazy and you don't respect your opposition then it gets to the stage where you know i've gone to like mess arounds at local courts I've been playing some some like just kids that have approached me on the court and just say, hey, do you want to do a one-on-one? And then, uh, you know, you kind of relax with it and then you go back into your preseason and you, you're like, wow, I am like two steps slower than I should be because I've been I've been just like cruising, just cruising around, exactly, yeah. and you don't really care. And it just makes you sort of a little bit more aware of yeah. don't play down to your competition. Same, same thing with like, even in league games I play now, it's even if you're playing a bottom of the league team, you know, you're going to stomp on and beat them by 60, 70 points you better beat them by 60, 70 points. Like, you don't be happy with a 20-point win. You've got to stomp on stomp them, them because, yeah. A, they need to know where they are, and B, if you play to that level, you'll keep playing that into your next game where you might be playing, you know, for sure. yeah. one of the top teams. 100%. Yeah. In football, we call it the level up. I always, really, I always find it really difficult when you play teams that are so unorthodox. You must get this with fighters. <laughs> so, you know, when they're, like, tactically good or, like, you know, they're, they're orthodox, you know what you need to do. When someone brings something completely unorthodox to the table, they could be pants, but they'll catch up. <laughs> yeah. So you got to do what you need to do. Yeah. You need to, like Max says, you need to stomp it out quick. I um, think that's 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 yeah, that's a big factor in in all sports and in boxing as well. You get someone who's unorthodox and don't really know how to throw. They can catch you with a big shot because they they're throwing it from from a crazy <laughs> angle. You don't even know it's coming. You're like, what, what's that shot? Do you know what I mean? Um, but I find that with my style as well because I'm quite unorthodox. I don't come out just hands up boxing in front of you. A lot of boxers find it difficult to box me because I'm always moving my head and we're dancing and that, and it's not a natural way just to to go out and box. You know what I mean? So I've got that on my side as well. I guess it's mm. been been a little bit unorthodox with the footwork and and the movement and stuff. Um, but yeah, talking about bringing yourself into the sport itself, do you think there were many barriers to entry? So you mentioned you only sort of had your first professional fight last year. How difficult was it to actually break your way in? Because obviously there are so many factors, and you know a lot of sports. Sometimes it's money, sometimes it's backing, sometimes it's time. You know, all so I was things. I was lucky to I come back. So I got my pro contract in when I turned twenty. Um, went up to the British Boxing Board of Control, done the interview, got accepted my pro license. That being said, went on to go and have my first fight in January, just before COVID. The January, literally just before COVID. Um, went to have that. I had to pull out because I've done my ankle in, swelled up like anything. I was, it was bruised. I couldn't fight. I was, I was two weeks out from the fight and I was gutted because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I wanted to go into that. That was going to be my first pro fight. That was my comeback after six years of not fighting. COVID come. So the injury's healed now. Then COVID comes. So I was like, all right, here we go. I'm out now. Like, well, mm-hmm. what happens here sort of thing? Do you know what I mean? Um, it is what it, what it is. What it, is. it happened. But it gave me that time because that first pro, that first fight I was going to have in January, that time I was going to be 54 kilo. By the time I come back after COVID, I was 50 kilos. I'm ripped now. Like I was going to go into that first fight, still a little bit tubby and stuff. 
So I come back and I'm ripped now. I'm fully in shape. My style's changed a lot. My fitness has come. I come back, sparred completely different, and my trainers and that were shocked because of the. I had that time of COVID. I had this built. This just got built just before COVID. Oh, you're um, so lucky. <laughs> so I had the bags. I had the time to get out on the road and do the mm. road work. I was sprinting. So I just, it benefited me, COVID. Um, but I had a long time to process what I wanted to do. So I had this time of sitting on social, watching boxing, talking to boxers, posting boxing, doing boxing, and had a lot of time just to come back to the sport. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, yeah, so I had a long time to come back to the sport. And then, um, and I had thankful sponsors come on board i had a few i I think three sponsors come on board just before um, my first pro fight they stayed on through covid and stuff um they continue to support me and they continue to support me now so i was thankful for that and now i've had more sponsors come on um and a a load of them so that's that's helped me that's helped me so so much yeah it's a weird question is there a version of your past self that you think you'd struggle in a fight against purely because i i ask it like as personal trainers, we might look at a program we wrote two years ago and think, what the fuck is that? Because we're so different (laughs) now where we are as to where we were previously. doesn't necessarily mean we were worse. I mean, we hope we're better now, but at the same time, you know, you just went in with a different approach, same principle as you. Is there like a version of yourself from like two years ago that's like, yeah, he's a bit heavier, but he's he's worked more on this and and now you've kind of moved away from that. I guess so. when you look back on videos and boxing videos, sometimes you feel like you watch back a video like two years ago, you think, oh, look sharp as anything then. What's going on there? But I think it's all proportions like, Boxers, you can see any boxer on social media now that's hitting the pads, they look great for them 30 seconds, but that's that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you wouldn't have put it up. No, you see someone going ham on the bag, that 20 seconds is that. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. They ain't doing that for longer because they're ruined. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, it's not happening. So, it's, it's you look back on it and you're like, oh, I look sharp then, but then you're like, oh, I was probably going, I was probably going. Yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I feel like I've improved so much that every time I'm better. Um, I've had better spars. I've had spars where I've sparred someone two years ago and I fought, and then I sparred them again a year later and I've sparred better than against two years ago. But sparring happens is, it happens on the day. Yeah. Um, mm. One day, I could spar someone 10 times, same person 10 times. I might have 10 great spars. I might have five great spars. He might have five great spars. That's how it goes. You're not going to have every spar or everything perfect. That's what you're learning. I'm yes, learning sure. in here and then you've got to take it to the fight and that's where it counts. Um, I've got a lot of kids who do it as well. So I, Kids in here sparring now. One day they come in here and like they're thinking, "Oh, I got it now!" Like I had a great spar. Like I, I was all over him. They come back the next spar and they're like, they're tired, they're ruined. They're like, "Oh, I don't know what's going on." It's because it just happens. Your body. You might have a tired session the day before. You might have. You might have had a bad sleep. You, so it's just. It's all. It just all. It all counts. But yeah, I've looked back on videos sometimes and been like, "Yeah, I looked good then." But yeah. then I'm like, "Yeah, I was, I was obviously trying hard." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, <laughs> you know I mean, I could do that now again, but I've got to put my time and effort into like I've got to work on it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's just. Um, yeah, it's just you've got to take it with a pinch of salt, look back on it, and then see where you've improved on, um, and see see what you can improve on still. I love the video. I keep all my videos, keep all my training and stuff in that. Oh, cause... I think it's so important. I think more people need to film, like, their their games or their training sessions or mm. anything. I'm all for 100%, it. hundred percent, I think you yeah. can really, like, I pick up quite a lot if some I get my coach to film me or I'll film, I'll film myself as well, and... If she's trying to say something to me, if I look back on the video, then I I can see it straight away. I'm like, ah, oh, it clicks. Mm-hmm. Whereas if she's trying to explain it to me what I'm doing, I can't. It doesn't like click as well. But that's just mm-hmm. how I learn. A hundred percent. I think it is. You, you pick up little things, and then you, even things that you haven't noticed or you, yeah. you, you got told in that session. Yeah. But you're you're not fully thinking about it. You go back and you rehear it, didn't you? And then you're yeah. like, oh, right, that's, there we go. That, yeah. yeah. No, hundred percent. Like the knowledge of what the result looks like. 
and then you get the knowledge of the elements of your performance that you need to do to get that result. And I think it's important to film so that you can see, well, that's what it's supposed to look like, or that's what I'm doing. That's not yeah. what I'm, yeah. I can compare and reflect. But um, it's a good day and age to be an athlete now because cameras are everywhere. Like when I was playing, <laughs> YouTube was just about like, well, it was there, but the teams never used to film. And if yeah. there was a game on, it's like, fuck, let's get everyone around. We'll watch the game on, on yeah, YouTube. Yeah. Now it's like, they've got the VO cameras. You've got like all these like stat things that you can wear. And I'm like, man, if I had that data when I was back then, oh, instead of the madness that I was doing, which was run, 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 yeah. whatever training I was doing, go hard or go home, I think I would have been smarter with it. Yeah. But I think I'd be I'd be happy to see, I know it annoys some people, but I'd happily see 100 tripods in a gym mm. if everyone's using them for the right reasons. You know, you see people in yeah. there recording it for the gram or they're doing some bicep curls and they're filming their ass, you know, whatever. Yeah. Not, not calling anyone out. <laughs> but, um, but it happens. That's what I'm saying. If you're recording yourself to make yourself better at, at your craft, then absolutely. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm fully here for it as well. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's a fine line, isn't it? Because people yeah. record themselves to look back and do better. And people just record themselves because it looks good and want to get it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The angles. Oh, yeah, no, that's it. I'm looking at the reactions in the background. What I hate, though, is that you get caught, you feel like a criminal. Like, you're walking along. Just, I'll be carrying some dumbbells, bring them over to my client. I'll turn, I'll see someone in the squat rack. Oh, look, I'll be like, is that a nice squat? And then I see a tripod looking at me. I'm done, here they are. This game over, I've been rumbled. <laughs> you can't get away with it anymore. That's bad, that's bad. Um, Alfie, I've got some quick fire questions just to speed things up a little bit podcast-wise, just in case we're losing anyone. Just yeah. keep, keep, keep the interest there. Um, so just want a, a swift answer, whatever first thing comes into your head. Um, and I know I sent you this brief, so you might have already spied some of them. But I had a quick look through, but I'm not that good. That's all, it's all the boxing, mate. It's all, it's all the clubs to the head. Well, in your case, not very many. Yeah. Um, who's the greatest boxer of all time? Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Uh, upper or lower body training? Lower. Yeah. Hey, there you oh, there you no go. one ever says that. No one says that. <laughs> uh, best depiction of fighting you've ever seen in a movie or TV? So what does the picture mean? No, I read that bit and I was like, I, I was going to look, I'm going to Google it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Sorry, sorry. Two words, yeah. Uh, but best like example of... Uh, Rockies, 100%. I love the Rockies. Which, which, yeah, yeah. which, which Rocky? Is there something that sticks uh, out? Uh, Rocky 2 is my favourite, yeah. yeah. But all Rockies, all they're, they're all great. Apart from one of them, hit or miss. Um, yeah. I think, was it five? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we don't talk about five. Bit, yeah, <laughs> went a bit off board then. But yeah, there's all the Rockies are good in there. They're, sometimes I'll be, well, when I was boxing amateur, I'd hear my dad watching it downstairs, and I'm like, oh, I've got to go out for a run now. So I hear Do you have a pre-fight ritual? Uh, and if not, what would it be if, you, if you're going to take one up? Is there something that you think that, you know, that'll put me in the right headspace? My dad does a lot, like a lot of talking day in the morning. A day, I always have a bath in the day. Okay. Um, so I always have a bath in the morning. Some people would say it's not good because the, the weight you can lose a bit of weight and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I like getting my muscles warm and that. Yeah. Um, then I get out of the bath, cold shower, and other than that, just talking and stuff. And I do a bit of mind thing, like on the a bit of book and paper reading and talking to myself, believing in myself and stuff like that. But um, that's probably about it. Yeah, nice just one. just a bit of self belief and, and putting yourself into it, and then getting things right with the with the warm ups and stuff like that. Um, 
The fight day bath, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that honestly. I'd be too relaxed. I want to sleep I know, after I bath. So would I. So, so much, yeah. And then the shower. It's an ice bath. Yeah. It's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's nice sort of bath, straight into like a cold shower. Yeah. Then I wake up and then just try to manage it, like, yeah, trying to manage it through the day. But that's my last, I always do that on every fight, it's just getting a nice bath. Sometimes, oh, and probably another fight ritual is my missus always gets her makeup done today, so I'm usually driving in the car <laughs> to, to, go, to go drop her off. And she's like, we just both quiet, and then I drop her off, and then the first thing I drop her off, uh, a Spotify comes on with that, you know, the, the motivation when they're talking mm. to you and that, like that. So I'm just listening to myself, like, yeah, I'm going to smash this guy today. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably another thing that I do, is uh, getting my car, just talking to myself, psyching myself up, looking at myself in the mirror. Um, that's, that's another Crashes thing. the car off, so I was, yeah. I was looking in the mirror. I'm I was psyching myself I'm like, up. I'm like, yeah, I've got this. this yeah, today's your day. Spoil like, oh, I better get my eyes on the road, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what's your what's your uh, what's your go to uh, meal if you've made weight and you've just done a fight? What, what are you celebrating with? So obviously on the fight, um, I usually like have a meal prep or something like that. Yeah, Depends yeah. on Mrs. But the best one I had is like a a pasta with like no loads of Greek cheese and stuff like that. Mrs. Done that as there, and yeah. I felt the best I ever did against Chris Wong. I stopped him first yeah. round with a cut. Um, but just like passes and things like that before the fight, but after yeah. the fight, my go to straight away <laughs> Domino's go. pizza there every single time. I promise you now, it's the first thing I did. I love Domino's. Like, that's the right now. Order. I used to get. Um, I see this. It's difficult now because my missus is now vegan. Oh, uh, yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so like me, I'm like, I love anything. I'm Domino's. Like, yeah. I'll get stuff crass. I'll get yeah. all the meats and stuff. But she's vegan, so I've got a. I've got a. I've got a balance there. Bread, yeah. Domino's do. Domino's <laughs> do vegan. Come on now. Do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like vegan do, cheese. Yeah, like, like two or three of them. Yeah. But so she, what is it? Is it so, actually nice? No, so what is it? She's, she's vegan, but she eats cheese. So what is that? That's vegetarian. Vegetarian. <laughs> no, but, she, but, she, but then she eats fish as well. Pescatarian. Oh, pescatarian. Pescatarian. Quietly. Yeah, I know, exactly. I'm really excited. I thought I, I, thought I had somewhere in my corner. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. 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 She, she eats cheese and all that sort of stuff. She just eats cheese and fish. She just don't eat meat. And meat. she eats chicken. No, 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 that's a no one. That's funny. No, let me tell you now. Yeah, so the funny thing is, yeah, she eats everything but meat. But she only eats meat when we, she goes to her mum no, now. She, so she, she, <laughs> she eats meat as well. But no, she, she, only, she, has, she only will eat chicken if it's at her mum's house because her mum cooks it good and it's fresh meat. Oh, oh, you know, it too. That's the loosest definition of vegan I've ever heard. Do you know what I said? She's my favourite vegan. Honestly, yes. It's funny because I'm like, like, people even say to me, sometimes we go out and then, like, we go out with our friends and stuff and then, She'd be like, oh, that chicken. Let me try that chicken quick. And she won't eat no other meat but chicken. It's only chicken. She'll have a bite of And then like, they're, like, they're like, hang on, you've been telling me you're, you like you don't eat meat, you don't eat meat. And they're like, yeah, but no, when I've had a little drink or it's around my mum's house, I'll try a bit of chicken quick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just a quick one. Like, That's fine. Like yeah. We love the attempts. <laughs> the thought was there. Kind of. We we like a lot of my meals in the evening is either. It's just like it's like vegan chicken and vegan. Like we don't. She won't cook any meat at her house or anything like that. So it's all like, like, day to day through the week, and it is it is always vegan. I have a, when we go out on the weekends, if I have food, I, I eat normal meats and stuff like yeah. that. But she won't cook meat, so it's always it's always. My favorite thing is when you turn up to my session room. So. <laughs> 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 I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to dance around them. She's like, oh, no, that's not even the worst bit. Like, I promise you now, yeah. Like, so, where no, no, no. <laughs> I've come, yeah. So I've come in them frizzly socks, yeah, that she gave me. And you're like, what are those, mate? And I'm like, oh. I'm like, fuck's sake. That was like, yeah, I was fuming, mate. I was, 
<laughs> I've gone to the gym, come from hers, because I come from straight from hers. So that evening, I got out of the shower and she said, oh, you know what day it is? I said, no, what day is it? She said, do you know like the little like... No, yeah, do you know the, what's the, are they like, sw- not swimming, like cycling shorts you get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She said, you've got no boxes here, you've got to wear these. And I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. And I started chucking them on and I called, because, you know what I mean, I'm, like, I'm sleeping in them. I woke up, got ready, gone to the gym, yeah? And I'm sat in my mat and I'm like, I'm looking at him, he's like, what? I said, oh, I'm fucked. I said, well, I'm about to get changed to go into the sauna and stuff like that. And I said, I've got my missus cycling shorts. <laughs> He's like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> oh, it's ruined, man. I'm getting changed. I'm like, oh, no, man. Yes, yeah, so really. Yeah, All no, sponsors started yeah, bringing yeah, out. Yeah, that's it, man. She done, she done Sweaty me. Sweaty Betty. <laughs> <laughs> she done me so dirty. I was like, bravo, Simo coming yeah. in. <laughs> oh, no, it ruined it. It did. So Mate, I'll be going off the Ann Summers. I'll be yeah. dropping them. <laughs> Let them know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I don't mind. 100%. 100%. <laughs> what, is, there, is there a sponsor you'd turn down if they offered it? Like, what's what's, what's like a, a big brand that comes to mind you like, I, c- I can't say it, even if they come in with a big check? Um, I couldn't say. Yeah. I haven't actually no. thought about that. No, no I've, never, yeah. I've, never, I've never thought about it. Maybe Domino's because I'll be eating too much then. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, you can't like, be having oh, that sponsorship. I mean, I'll, be, I'll be ruined because oh, Domino's is my go-to. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'll be... I'll be I'll be at 80 kilos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you unrestricted like, weight class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it, man. Uh, last quick one. Um, we, we, we took a bit of a, a journey on that one, didn't we? Um, uh, who's your dream corner man? Um, I'll exclude anyone who's in your current team. Uh, uh, you don't have to know them personally. You maybe like Sugar, Sugar Hill Steward. Um, he got good knowledge from his dad, yeah. Emmanuel Steward, and then he's... he's, he's Tyson Fury's coach. He's a very smart man. I looked at a lot of his training that he done. He trained Ben Whitaker and stuff. So look, hmm. a lot of his training in that is very technical and that's that's my vibe. Like I like that. Um that's a very, very good go to for me to be fair. I like him very much. That's cool, man. I love that. I suppose speaking about Tyson Fury then. Um was the next bigger question um was just when it comes to like anger and aggression and stuff, and you know, say you say you maybe you lost you lost a round or something like that, you think on points and you got come back all guns blazing, how do you balance aggression and anger and stuff like that and trying to channel that but keep the control because you mentioned being a really technical boxer as well. that's a good one so that's that's a big thing in boxing is is self-control mm. and, and it's controlling what you do in the outcome of, the, of your actions is because one step too far or one aggressive attack can lead to you being knocked down or you being knocked clean out do you know what mm. i mean um and you know, i see it here day in day out when the sparring is one boy sparring good, the other boy sparring bad. They're both sparring good, sparring good. One boy take a bigger shot, then his anger comes. Because they're younger, the anger comes out. Yeah. Then he comes full base, steaming, getting that. You see it coming in his face and that. And the worst thing is you can do is show your position is show it in your face. Or if you mm. are hurt, show them that you're tired or you're hurt because that's their that's their mm. go-to to pick on you. Yeah. Um, and I see it here day in, day out. And that's it. You just got to come back, relax. You can't show them that you need to, you need to go to work. In the back of the head, you know you need to go to work and you need to do it smart. It's like chess. You got to pick your, pick your, pick your, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And then, um, so it's just about it's about being smart with the with the next move, what you're gonna do, and pick your shots, and and not show too much of what you're gonna do, or show it in your face, um, can ruin you straight away. Do you get people trying to talk smack to you at all, or do you, do you ever utilize that? Because I mean, sometimes in games, I've been on the receiving and the giving end, I suppose. <laughs> Um, if you try, if you try, if you try and, and rattle someone, they'll make bad decisions. Especially in basketball, where I think there's a lot of arrogance in it. Where very much, if you disrespect someone, they'll want to come back and try and hit a three in the face, and then they'll like pull up from way too far away, yeah. off balance. And they'll brick it off the backboard or something like that. But how do you do? You use that, or have you 
been on the receiving end of anything. I love a bit. I've had a bit and stuff on social media. I've seen things yeah. being said and stuff like that. But I don't take notice. I yeah. get on with what I'm doing. Um, yeah. I think I come across quite well, so I don't need to do any of that. Um, yeah. It's not mind games. Yeah, I don't need to do any of that. Like, listen, it's going to come down to skill. It's going to come down to what happens in that ring. So they can talk crap. They can do whatever yeah. they want. But it's going to come down to what happens in that fight and how it how it comes across. Mm. Um, so that's just yeah. I don't really get involved in any of that. Like, when don't get me wrong. If we get in a big fight, most of this stuff you see is all to sell fights. So most of the stuff you see from people yeah. is to sell the fight. Mm-hmm. Them having a big anticipation yeah, yeah. is to sell that fight. Is to afterwards they're friends. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it is yeah. to sell that fight. Um, but like I'm just nice. Like I say, how it is like I'm. I'm in the game to win. So is every single boxer. So they're gonna mm-hmm. have something to say that they're better than me. Let them say it. I know that I'm better than him and I'll prove it on the night. Um, yeah. And that's where it comes to play. Um, but There's probably... a smack talk right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, flyweights. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andy, and that, from your perspective then, how do you, because we know like arousal when you're lifting and stuff is a massive, massive part of what causes you to get some good output. So how do you fire up someone or get them to be aggressive enough because i get some people coming in and they're being a bit passive mm. and you know there are certain things which i'll do during a session to you know get that out of them uh my go-to is external cue yeah yeah because that's a fancy way of phrasing that cue is basically <laughs> you know not using their like for example instead of me saying bend your elbow which is an internal cue i might say something like uh slap yourself in the face <laughs> so basically the intent is behind the cue so they don't yeah. have to think about it because arousal is like a direct proportion to the way you're thinking and so if you think about it too much you might not get the outcome that you need mm. so it'd be like just press the floor away as hard as you can or push the floor yeah. away something like that that's you're how doing I'm a kettlebell doing. swing mate my cues are everyone's favourite activity go on thanks squeeze your glutes yeah. Yeah. I think it, but I think whatever like is relatable to them that's yeah. where like with with personal training you really have to like read your audience and, and who it is and what makes mm. them tick um, so yeah it's something that like switches them on and is relatable to them always works mm. but yeah just little cues like push hard with the legs and stuff like that. Mm. Right. Be aggressive. Yeah. One of my favorite cues in the gym is always T-Rex arms as well. Because people instantly get it. It's like if yeah, you're doing yeah, a, yeah. Doing a push down, like, what, like a curl, whatever it is, it's T-Rex arms straight yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Elbows at the sides, bang. And then suddenly it just, it just clicked because they're always, they're moving all over the shop before. Man. I think people have so many words for um, different exercises, like what they call it. Snooker cues. So <laughs> Little kickbacks. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. What does uh, Hattie say with... Um, uh, like thoracic rotation, she says, uh, DJ. Oh, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. No, no right. So good. I think you can't be afraid to be physical with some clients as well, or say something, exactly. Big slap on the back, some, like, you know, let them, let them know they've done well. Oh, like, yeah. Physical, if physical I, touch, yeah. yeah. If I want fire. to use something, I'm like, touching it like, here's yeah. your lap. You get the down one and just poke them. Yeah. <laughs> Squeeze it. Yeah, no, I guess, I guess, yeah, no, it is. You've got to let them know. But with boxing, the thing yeah. with boxing is that becomes, obviously you're trying to get them to use certain muscle parts or trying to get mm. them to do certain things. When it comes to sparring, 
sometimes I don't need to say anything because the dads are already going crazy. Dads yeah. <laughs> love thinking they know how to fight. Yeah, yeah. Do, do this! Get the bottom up, son. Get the bottom up. I'm like, mate, you're six years old, mate. <laughs> Give him the chair. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I love them all. But yeah, it's, like, it's good. But like, you get input from everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Especially when it comes to boxing, there's input from... Oh, I can imagine. Sometimes I'm like, do you know what? I'll talk to him after the rounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. No, right there, man. So, you, so you've... You've been boxing obviously for quite a long time. Are you trained in any other disciplines, or if you if not, then is there a sort of area of uh, martial arts which sort of appeals to you, where you think there'd be some cool transfer from from your boxing? Yeah, so um, it's just been boxing, but I think like jujitsu, you know, like that core right. strength and yeah. that that sort of stuff's cool. But I probably never know. I might win. I might win a little title or something. And if I win a world title, I might go yeah. into a little MMA fight. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Get a little big paycheck. Mess around. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I like it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? A lot, of, a lot of MMA fighters are good with their feet and take down, but if I could just mm. do my dancing for, for the five rounds, how long, yeah. how long is MMA? Five fives feet. or three fives? Five fives, I think. I'll just run for the whole time. Doesn't depend what level. Yeah, pop, exactly. Pop a couple jabs out. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, yeah, I think it's five fives. I think that's like, well, that's like the title fights and that or something, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's long yeah. rounds, isn't it? But you've got a lot of, long yeah. time to, to work in that. And there's sometimes there's not a lot going on, is there? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, true. So you're talking about winning a couple of championships. What's the top of the mountain for you? Like, where's where's where you see your career going, and where is where you would be? World like, title fights, hundred percent. World title yeah. fights, hundred percent. The first thing is doing these next couple of fights. Mm. Um, speaking with my management, we're speaking with with Dean White as well. We've got things in line. Hopefully, to fight for a title in the next two, maybe mm. three fights. Um, get my career started, mm. uh, and then have a little circle around. See what's around. British title is my, mm. my ultimate dream. Um, yeah. My dad loves a British title. All he ever talks about is a, is a British title. So I'd love to get <laughs> that. I'd love to get that and just have it in the front room and he can be he can just be there just happy days <laughs> laying, watching, watching TV and then just look up like, oh yeah, we've got there that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> yeah, Every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, so it's always there. Like, he's our biggest supporter, I promise you now. So like, sometimes he annoys me so much because he goes on so much. You know what I mean? Like, he's my biggest supporter. Like, he just loves it. He loves the boxing. He loves that I'm back and doing it. But it's mm. just, yeah, sometimes I'm just like, Dad, leave me alone, mate. I'm just, I've, been, I've been training all day, like, coming to the door <laughs> after a pit to finish here, go inside. I'm like, yeah. come in, I just want to relax. Like, come here, come watch this fighter. Like, come watch him, he's rubbish, he's your way. He's got a title, he's done it. I'm like, Dad, yeah, we'll watch it later, mate. I'm tired. He's like, all right, but yeah, you'll beat him. I'm like, all right, here, yeah, cheers. <laughs> but yeah, no, he loves oh. it, mate. He is my biggest support, 100%. Sometimes I walk around, lucky we walk in the dog, and I see him just chatting to someone. I walk past, and he's like, Here he is, yeah, we're just talking about you. We're just, yeah, like they start asking me questions about the body. He's always going on to anyone and everyone, but that's yeah. how lucky he's my biggest supporter. I'm thousand percent my biggest supporter. I love that. That's really, really yeah, sweet. Yeah. Did you ever feel any, any uh, pressure growing up as well? Just obviously your family caring <laughs> so much and putting so much, like, you know, energy into So into I started off football and stuff, but I only got into boxing due to like my bullying and stuff. So it wasn't even like a. You need to do this. It was just like done it on my own back. That's yeah. the place I felt comfortable. Started getting my confidence because I've been bullied. I've been getting bullied, but yeah. I could go and box in front of hundreds of people. Wouldn't leave my house to go anywhere else. But but the boxing club or to a boxing show where I knew there'd be no one that I know that bullied me and stuff like that. Mm. So that was my confidence. That was my safe space. Is boxing and boxing in front of hundreds of people. That was my safe space. And then when I started getting sixteen and stuff, I just got my confidence back to be able to go out and and adventure and stuff. But Boxing's always always been my safe space. So there was never no pressure from my family mm. to do it because I'd done it off my own back. Done it. When I turned 16, I started messing around, hanging around the wrong people, going out, partying, drinking. So I smoked for a while. Yeah, I, yeah. I got involved in the wrong crowd, done the wrong stuff. Um, 
then there was a, there weren't no pressure from them, but they was like, oh, you should get bad boxing now. If you like, you, you where are you heading right now, sort of thing, and that. And they tried to influence me to come back boxing for years, for, mm-hmm. for like I said, for three, four years. They was like, come on, you can get back in it. You can. Everyone's asking mm-hmm. down about you at the club. So my dad was still a trainer at the time, so everyone would be asking about me, like, how you getting on? How's Alfie doing? Like, he's like, just come show your face, even if you don't want to train, come show your face. I wouldn't go there because I was in this other mindset now. Um, mm-hmm. And then I just cut off my own back again, so they never pressured me back into it. I just said, listen, I'm not getting no younger now. Like I've wasted three years of just being being lazy. Do you know what I mean? Like just just being lazy. Just what have I done? I haven't accomplished nothing. Like I haven't done nothing. Um, so I've got my. I went I went to Portugal, started doing a bit of training, come back, got in contact with John again, said I'm coming back. Mom and Dad didn't believe me. They wanted me. They're like, oh, I'd love to. I'd love for you to come back, Alf. But I've heard it for the last four years of every yeah, day. You yeah, said yeah. I'm going back. Come I'll back. come back boxing yeah. tonight, and then I just wouldn't come home. Well, I'll come back. Do you know what I mean? They heard it for the last four years of me, and then so they didn't believe it. And then all of a sudden, it was like, rang my mum. Was like, yeah, signing my pro contract. I'm going. I'm going. Me and John are going up. We're going to get my. And they was just like, wow, like how, like how is this? Like, what's happened here? Do you know what I mean? So I just turn. It's always been sort of push yourself yeah. you do it yourself do you know what I mean do you um, think it's important to get kids into some form of uh, boxing or martial arts or something just because if it, it's a big confidence builder and it can make them feel safer especially you know if you've been bullied at a young age kids or adults I feel like yeah. you guys know yourself is training takes uh, depression takes everything away takes it gives you such a big boost and confidence boost and yeah. it changes lifestyle and with boxing you learn discipline you learn how to defend yourself you know that I can get, or sometimes I go out on the misses and I get people giving me ag and I just, I don't even interact because I just think, yeah, all right, mate. Like, they don't like, you can knock these people clean out. Like, once you know that, you've got self-control not to, to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you've got that self-control, it's a great feeling. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a great feeling mm-hmm. to control it. Knowing that, yeah, I'm a beast, I'm an animal, but you don't need to use it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Keeps them away from the wrong distractions, keeps them away. Um, me doing it, I've gone through, like I said, boxing, to doing the wrong stuff for three years, being a being a little shit, mama language, but being a little and be, being off track. So now I can give back to this younger generation is that I've been there, I've been done both sides, I've been bullied, had no friends to boxing and having all the friends in the world who aren't your friends but want to know you because mm. you box and now if they invite you to parties they think you're gonna you're gonna fight their battles yeah, for them and, yeah. that. and it was always that I'm like I'm diagnosed autistic uh, autistic so like mm. when it'd be like I'd like they'd expect me and I'd, I'd feel like a ego to I'd have to stand up or I'd have mm. to do this thing and, I, and I got in the wrong crowd pretty much simple as that doing the wrong stuff so then you just got to know that I've I've been there I've done it so now if I get someone here that's off track at the moment and I try I can give back to him what I've done myself so I can be like listen like I've been there I've done it do you know what I mean like I'm back here I'm doing what I want to do like Mm -hmm. you can change your life around at any point whether you're you're going through a lot whether you you're doing the wrong stuff whether you just want to learn how to box and defend yourself do you know what I mean boxing's all around a great a great thing and in every gym any gym you go to there's people from all walks of life old young bullied being in jail, do you know what I mean? Boxing brings people together, brings communities together, and it changes, it changes, it can change your life, it really can, 100%. Same with all gyms and everything, mm. anything, it really does. I don't want to touch it after that. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a great way to do that's, that's where we, that's where we <laughs> wrap it. Lovely stuff. Right, we're going to roll out the red carpet for you as well. <laughs> Anything you've got going on in your life, let the people know, socials, events, your next fight, everything, tell the people. Yeah, wicked. So my socials, Alfpleg underscore, I'm fighting June the 10th, uh, Tollworth Recreation Centre um, Twitter and all that's the same as well Facebook Alfie Clegg and then just thank you to my sponsors they know who they are shout them out every single time um, I'm going to shout them out again Guildford Removal Services Clean Cut Barbershop Step Credit Guildford Hillside Lounge Hungry Boys Guildford Will Whitaker Plastering DNA 
property and classroom maintenance, and then Bravo's UK. And I think that's everyone. He's got, he's got some, and he's got. I've got my phone with me today. Usually, when I'm doing these podcasts, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. Tick, tick, but yeah, all sponsors, thank you so much. You make this journey, you make it all possible. And then everyone who comes to support my fights, they all make it possible. All the ticket sales, spending your hard-earned money to come support yeah, me, yeah. watch me fight. It means the world. I can't, I can't, I can't repay you enough to all you guys, sponsors and fans. You're making my dreams come true by helping me along this journey. So thank you all so much. Um, and yeah, June the 10th, I'll see you all there and get ready to action. Let's do it. Bosh, you'll put on a show.